welcome to the PLUS podcast with Rachel Thomas and me, Marianne Freiberger. For this podcast, we went to the European Women in Mathematics Conference, taking place at the University of Cambridge. It's an unusual conference, it's for women only, and instead of focusing on a particular area of mathematics, it brings together women from all around the world and all areas of mathematics to talk about their work and also to discuss their experiences as female mathematicians. Later on, we'll be talking to two internationally leading female mathematicians, Caroline Ceres and Cheryl Prager. But first, let's hear what some of the participants had to say at one of the tea breaks. My name is Keely Dias and I'm from the Technical University of Denmark. I definitely think conferences like this are very relevant, especially while writing a PhD. I think most PhD students are overwhelmed almost with self-doubt. You wonder, am I good enough? Uh, can I really be a mathematician? And the fact that there are so few women working in advanced mathematics, um, you begin to wonder, okay, maybe, maybe women really aren't as smart as men or as good as men. And when you come to a conference like this, you meet um, very intelligent and productive and um, serious women mathematicians. And it's also nice that it's only for women because you can express these fears with your peers while when there's men around, you might somehow feel pressure to not talk about it because they may sort of put it down or feel like that um, it's not really, that these are not really relevant questions, that there really is no problem. I'm Camilla Hollandi from University of Turku in Finland. In many countries, even in Europe, which is supposed to be quite equal with respect to men and women getting good jobs, but when you look at the statistics, you notice that in many countries there are hardly any women professors. There are many women PhD students, many women assistants probably, but not in high positions at all. I think it's in many countries at least it's the general attitude. People are not that willing to see a female as a leading leading scientist. And my name is Anneli Aitta and I'm originally from Finland but been here in this country more than 20 years. This certainly has a special atmosphere what is not present in a mixed conference. There is not this kind of competing questions, there is not people so hardly to pushing themselves forward. There is more sharing thoughts, or at least more friendlier terms sharing thoughts, I believe. I'm Andrea Blunk, I'm from Germany, from Hamburg, and there I'm Professor of Mathematics and Gender Studies. I want to make research about why mathematics has the image to be a male discipline. We see, for example, also here in European women in mathematics that in the south of Europe there are more women in mathematics and in the north very few. Uh, in northern states mathematics is seen as a combined with technology or an engineering discipline, while in the south of Europe one can maybe use mathematics more as a concern with a mind. Yes, or more like an art, yes, right. I think it's, for us mathemat female mathematicians, it's a unique occasion being on a conference with so many women. And younger students see many role models, and so this is, I think this is the most important thing. These women are clearly enthusiastic about an all-female conference. But why do we need an organization like the European Women in Mathematics, the EWM? To find out, I spoke to one of its founding members. Caroline Ceres is Professor of Mathematics at the University of Warwick. In fact, she was one of the first female professors in mathematics in the UK, and she's a leading researcher in her field. 
I asked her when the EWM was founded and why. It was founded in 1986 and the story is that there was already an organization for women mathematicians in America, uh, but a group of us women from Europe were part in a big international congress of mathematics. We were part of a panel discussion about women mathematicians. And at that conference, we decided that we should have an organization for women mathematicians in Europe. The reason that, that we wanted to have such an organization is because although there are quite a number now of women doing mathematics, still we're in the minority and my own feeling was it's just very nice sometimes when you live in a world with most of your friends and colleagues are men to suddenly find yourself in a room full of women who all share your interest in mathematics. So do you think that women are at a serious disadvantage because they are in the minority in mathematics? I don't think so. I think it varies a great deal with people's situation. I think sometimes women feel very isolated. My own experience has been very positive and I've always, almost always been very much encouraged by male colleagues and never felt any problems. There are of course difficulties for women balancing a career that's a very demanding career and having a family, perhaps particularly in mathematics and sciences, you have to work so hard to establish yourself just at the time when you're wanting to have a family and have children, and then to balance the problem of finding a job in the same place or nearby where your husband or your partner is, is also very difficult. And how can, can the EWM help in these circumstances? We like to think of ourselves just as a network of women and sometimes it just helps to meet other people who've been through similar things and see how other people's lives have worked out, talk to them, you get encouragement and inspiration. Sometimes young women who are not quite sure whether or not to keep on doing this as a career and they see older women who've succeeded, this can be very inspiring. You don't so often see a whole gathering of women professors like there is today, we have some of the very top women mathematicians in the world here speaking and it's just inspiring to see these people are there and be able to talk to them personally and know them a bit. That was Caroline's series and if you would like to find out more about her work, you can. She has written an article for PLUS called Non-Euclidean Geometries and Indra's Pearls and you can find it in the PLUS archives on plus.maths.org. Now Caroline and some of the other women earlier on in the podcast mentioned the importance of role models for female mathematicians, and there could hardly be a better role model than the Australian Cheryl Prager. Rachel caught up with her to talk about her work and about life as a female mathematician. We're speaking to Cheryl Prager, Professor of Mathematics at the University of Western Australia, and Cheryl is one of the speakers at this week's conference. Um, Cheryl, what led you to become a mathematician? I discovered at high school that I really, really liked mathematics. Of course, I was scared by the examinations, but I, I loved problem solving and I loved the, seeing the applications in physics to explain what was happening in the world. But I really didn't know that um, someone in the then 20th century could actually be a mathematician. I didn't know that there were any jobs. So for me, it was a, a matter of having the luxury or privilege of continuing to learn mathematics um, without any vision that I would continue to 
be able to do mathematics through my life. So I've been really lucky. <laughs> so it's just something that you really enjoyed doing yes. and you've kept on with it and, and it's turned into a career. It's turned into a career, yeah. I, I, um, I needed enough confidence to, to go and um, do mathematics at the university and um, secretly I thought if, this, if something happens in a statewide mathematics competition I went in for that I would then you know, be determined and and go go for it. Mm. So I I tied first place in the Queensland Maths Teachers Competition that they had it just the year before I was going to university, and right. um, that gave me the confidence to decide that I would go. <laughs> so it was a con there was an issue of confidence at the beginning. Oh, absolutely. Mm. I felt that I was a sort of a big fish in a small pond, and wondering whether the fact that I was performing all right at school had any well, any bearing on, on whether I could continue to be successful in doing mathematics. You're now a professor of mathematics at the University of Western Australia and you have been for some time. What area of mathematics do you work in? My, my um, research interests are in algebra, uh, specifically group theory, which is a way of measuring symmetry, and then I apply that in a lot of different mathematical areas where symmetry matters. So especially for uh, measuring how symmetric a graph is or a, a design for a, a design of experiment. And that's very useful in knowing how to, say, analyse statistical experiments to take into account the, the balance and the symmetry of the way the uh, experimental layout is, is designed. So would that be a statistical experiment in another, in another discipline, perhaps? Well, yes. For example, in agriculture, trying to compare different varieties, um, taking into account a lot of different variables like time of year and place where it's grown and um, the soil type, um, trying to sort of average out all these other factors um, to see what, um, what can be ascribed to the, the difference in the varieties, say. And so the design is very important there, especially uh, if you want to uh, economise on the amount of resources that you have available to give you the best possible results. You're here as a speaker at the um, European Women in Mathematics conference here at Cambridge. In your mathematical career, you've talked about that you had issues of confidence at the beginning of your career. In your mathematical career, have you encountered any difficulties that you think were probably because you were a woman, perhaps something that male colleagues might not have encountered? Mm, I think early on in the career, definitely. Um, I was married just before taking up a, a short-term lecturing position at the University of Western Australia, and my husband also was working at that university. Um, there, was, there were assumptions made about us um, that I couldn't possibly want a permanent job if my husband didn't have one, uh, without asking me about it, whereas for us, um, having one permanent job between the two of us would have been quite a, a welcome <laughs> uh, security for us. Um, so, so there were problems in getting tenure. Um, and then afterwards, some years later, when we had two children and I had ob obtained, the, was appointed to the chair for professorship in mathematics, my kids were quite young. Several years after that, one of my colleagues would say, well, do you think you'll keep working? 
uh, when I thought I had probably got through the most difficult <laughs> time of um, keeping my career going and having the family that I really very much wanted. <laughs> How have you tackled this kind of um, assumptions that people have made about you? Oh, I suppose I'm a very stubborn, determined person, <laughs> though it might not be so evident on first meeting me. <laughs> <laughs> perseverance. Perseverance, yeah. yes. And and grasping opportunities. Do you see that it's the position for women in mathematics research has changed? I think it's um, easier for a woman to envisage uh, a career in mathematics and teaching research or applying mathematics in industry. There's certainly a much wider demand for mathematics throughout the, the, the business world. So. It, it's a more open and um, inviting possibility. Within academia, I think, yes, there are more possibilities, but still it's difficult for any young person to be uh, looking for a job in academia. You've led a very distinguished career. Um, you're an internationally renowned researcher in mathematics with a huge list of publications, um, as well as your research you've also led many held many positions within the university and in organizations outside of it you've been president of the Australian Mathematical Society you've been a member of the Prime Minister's Science Council on the executive committee of the International Mathematics Union what's been the highlight of your career so far all of those are little highlights <laughs> <laughs> and you're in or and yeah. you received the order of australia yes that, that was very exciting that was about 8 years ago to receive that was so completely unexpected yeah. <laughs> i found that um, special things would happen both within my acceptance of administrative duties within the university and also more mathematical activities and it uh, seemed to me that i had to accept being head of department at the same time as I started to be president of the Australian Mathematical Society. And then a few years later after that, I um, accepted a role to um, be an inaugural dean of postgraduate studies at my university to set up that position. And in that same year, I was elected as a fellow of the Academy of Australian Academy of Science. The year when I was... Um, made a, appointed a, a member of the Order of Australia. It was the same year as I accepted to be chair of the university's promotions and tenure committee. So all of these new um, university responsibilities sort of seemed to coincide without any planning uh, with a lot of mathematical things that happened as well. And the most wonderful thing that's now happened is that um, my a four-year term on the IMU Executive Committee, the International Mathematics Union, um, will be coinciding with my uh, term as a, a Federation Fellow. That's a, um, a high-level research fellowship which will um, take me out of teaching responsibilities for a few years and therefore allow me to um, fulfil the responsibilities of the extra travel I'll need to make um, for the IMU. So there's been a lot of wonderful highlights. <laughs> I don't know how to choose which one. Which one? <laughs> so obviously these activities, um, both within the broader mathematical community and um, sort of administrative responsibilities as well, are something that you enjoy about your job. What, what drew you 
to them? Do you see that as an important part of your role as a mathematician? Well, I, I saw it as an, an important part of my role as a, as a leader in my discipline. Um, I, I think I have responsibility to mathematics and to my university. And since I became a um, full professor at the age of 35, it seemed that I had a lot to give back because I'd received a lot of um, confidence in the appointment. Um, and I'd like to build a research group, which I've been doing ever since then. Um, and I, I want to see the mathematics flourish within the university and, and also contribute uh, what, what it can by um, strengthening the research capabilities within the university and within the country and now internationally. I, I'm especially pleased about that because I've had lots to do with mathematics in developing countries with strong links through um, Southeast Asia, Thailand, Philippines, into Korea and China and now in Iran and other places in the Middle East. So I'm, I'm really pleased to have these extra roles. If you encountered a, a young person coming to you at the university saying, I want to pursue mathematics, what would your advice be to them? Oh, well, I'd be very, very encouraging. <laughs> I'd try to find out where their interests lie, whether what their ambitions might be. Um, certainly I would encourage them to get as, as good a preparation as they could, as, especially if they wanted to go into in, industry um, or if they wanted to experiment a bit and take their education further to a master's or PhD, to think about what they wanted to do and how much they wanted to do it. For someone to do a PhD, I think, requires a huge commitment. It has to be what you want to do for yourself, not just to get a job, because otherwise uh, the the joy won't be there and the commitment and the staying power won't be there. So it sounds like mm. you still very much enjoy your job as much now oh, as when you were first very started. Much, yes. <laughs> yes, Rachel. <laughs> Thanks for that. That was Cheryl Prager talking to Rachel Thomas. And this brings us to the end of our Women in Mathematics podcast. Don't forget to visit the PLUS website at plus.maths.org and stay tuned for the next podcast to be published very soon. Mm -hmm.